0: Welcome to the Cover Two Resources podcast series, a podcast series about addiction and addiction education. My name is Amy McNeil. I lost my brother Samuel to a heroin overdose on October 23rd, 2015. He was 28. As a family, we thought we were prepared to help Sam fight addiction, but we were painfully mistaken. My family founded Cover Two Resources in memory of Sam. Our mission is to arm others with the knowledge needed to best support a loved one struggling with opioid addiction. Thank you for listening.
1: Hi, this is Greg McNeil from Cover2 Resources. The Ohio Perinatal Quality Collaborative is a statewide consortium of perinatal clinicians, hospitals, policymakers, and governmental entities that aim, through the use of improved science, to reduce preterm births and improve perinatal and birth outcomes in Ohio, as well as the rest of the country. It was founded in 2007, and now it's seen as a national model in statewide perinatal quality improvement. Between 2004 and 2011, the diagnosis of opioid abuse or dependence grew 491% among delivering mothers in Ohio. One result of maternal Opioid use disorder is neonatal abstinence syndrome, or NAS, which is a drug withdrawal syndrome that can occur in opioid exposed newborns shortly after birth. In 2015, it was reported that one baby suffering from the effects of NAS is born in the United States every 25 minutes. Opioid use disorder and NAS epidemics are steadily increasing, overwhelming social service systems and public payers. So, Ohio tested their models of care for pregnant women with opioid use disorder in a project that is now known as the Maternal Opioid Medical Supports, or Moms Plus, program. The people from Ohio Perinatal Quality Collaborative have put together the program, and it's evolved over the course of the last three years. And here today to talk with me about the program is one of their leaders, Dr. Michael Marcotte, and Jennifer Terry, the project manager for the Ohio Perinatal Quality Collaborative, will join us as well. As we begin, Jennifer Terry shares how the Moms Plus program came to be.
0: The Ohio Perinatal Quality Collaborative. We are a group of perinatal clinicians, hospitals, policymakers, um, and government entities, and every all of our work um, is through the lens of improvement science. So we use quality improvement to reduce um, preterm birth and improve birth outcomes in Ohio. So that's sort of like the background of who we are and what we work on, um, which is hopefully helpful for kind of what what, like what I'm going to talk about. But uh, what we do is we, we work with uh, hospitals and clinics and different health organizations across the state to improve outcomes. Um, again, through improvement science. So our work is not directly with patients. It's with uh, care providers and organizations that care for patients um, using quality improvement around like really specific aims and goals. So hopefully that's helpful context in terms of everything that we do is through quality improvement science. The sort of context is that we worked with 52 out of the 54 level two and level three neonatal neonatal intensive care units in Ohio. So almost all of them. We got almost everybody. Uh, And throughout the span of the project, over about 9,600 infants um, who were born exposed to opioids were cared for at sites participating in this project. So quite a few infants were covered by this work. And the purpose of the project was to standardize identification and treatment of infants who were exposed to opioids, to opiates. Um, And reduce their length of stay. Um, We were able to reduce length of stay by two days. And um, part of that was through some non-pharmacological treatment bundles that were implemented. There was also work on this project around um, reducing stigma and things like that. Um, And again, Dr. Marcotte can give more context about the details of the work. um, But we We had some education to, around for NICU teams around trauma informed care as addiction as a chronic disease, those sorts of things, so working with the care teams um, and we were able to see some some documented improvement in provider attitu- attitudes towards patients who um, misuse drugs or have and um, we saw an increase in compassionate care for uh, for those mothers and, and fathers and the family of the of the infant so really Um, positive impact on outcomes for both the babies and some impact on the families as well. Uh, And that sort of led to, well, what do we do next? We've worked with, uh, you know, we've had some work in the infant space. So the thought was to move upstream uh, at opportunities to care for the mother uh, during pregnancy. And so um, in combination with, and again, I don't have as many details about this, this project, but So combining our neonatal abstinence work and also thinking about a project that was run by OMAS, which um, I'm sure you're familiar with OMAS, but it's the Ohio Department of Mental Health and Addiction Services. They had a project um, called the Ohio Maternal Opiate Medical Supports, which the abbreviation is MOMS is the name of that project. And so we used um, lessons learned from that project and also our neonatal abstinence syndrome work to create. The MOMS PLUS project.
1: The long form of that acronym is Maternal Opiate Medical Supports PLUS. This builds upon the original MOMS project, which included medication-assisted treatment and behavioral health providers. The addition of the PLUS is inclusive of the infant end of the continuum of care, and it's sponsored by the Ohio Department of Medicaid. Next, we hear more on the Moms Plus program from Dr. Marcotte.
2: One of the things that, you know, is important to know about the Ohio Perinatal Quality Collaborative is that we really are a collaboration between both the newborn pediatric providers and the obstetric providers. Um, And so it makes total sense for us to engage this specific chronic disease uh, because it really impacts both the mom uh during her pregnancy and and it does affect pregnancy outcomes and that's always been the focus of the Ohio perinatal quality collaborative is looking at outcomes we really are you know like using the philosophy of the Institute for Healthcare Improvement which is that you can take you know we 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 know there's a lot of evidence out there in medicine But a lot of times it doesn't disseminate down to the individual patient level to actually affect outcomes. And so what we really strive to do in our collaborative is to identify the evidence and then apply it to a specific patient population all the way down to that individual patient and her baby.
1: So... What spurred the creation of that uh, particular initiative? What was the problem that you were trying to solve there?
2: So it's a complex problem, obviously, and it is multiple problems occurring at the same time. The first project we took on, we called the NAS project, which was actually taking place within our uh, newborn intensive care units Um, as we got into the, uh, crisis that we are currently in, in Ohio and across our country with the opiates, uh, predominating as the drug of choice for people who suffer from addiction, uh, from substance use disorders. Um, we began to see a lot of the neonatal ICUs being overrun and, by babies that were being affected by this disease in the newborn period because they were being born uh, dependent on opiates. And when those opiates were withdrawn at the time of birth, they began to suffer signs and symptoms of withdrawal syndrome, uh, which we call neonatal, neonatal abstinence syndrome.
1: And the spike was just incredible. This started to emerge in a big way between two thousand and four and two thousand and eleven, and in Ohio, opioid abuse and diagnosis of uh, that and dependence grew four hundred and ninety-one percent among delivering mothers. So huge spike.
2: Yeah, and we we think that that's probably an underestimate of the actual problem Um, because again, I think one. Uh, one other component of this uh, chronic disease is under diagnosis. Um, there's a lot of reasons why a mother would not want to reveal that she's suffering from this disease. Um, there's a massive amounts of stigma. There's a criminalization of this disease. And so our moms are Very, very fearful of sharing their suffering with the healthcare teams. And so many times we were not finding out about the mom's disease until after the baby was born and began to suffer. And so so I think, you know, that's the impetus for us to start working on this. And one, our objective in the neonatal abstinence syndrome project was really to try to standardize the diagnosis and treatment for these babies to help to reduce the burden of disease for them.
1: And one of your objectives also was to move it as early on in the pregnancy as possible, right?
2: Right. So, we were working with um, the state uh, through the Department of Mental Health. Um, Some of our obstetric uh, providers, Uh, began to work in the original moms project uh, with the state um, and did some pilot work back early on uh, during the time that we were running the neonatal absence syndrome outside of the Ohio Perinatal Collaborative. And we followed a small group of patients uh, who were pregnant to try to learn more about, you know, if we were to move upstream, what, what are the Things that we should be focusing on, um, and there were five of five sites that were really uh, obstetric medication-assisted treatment programs and behavioral health programs in very different settings around the state that worked together uh, outside of the perinatal collaborative to really understand the 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 um components that were needed to be addressed um in in the pregnancy to try to see if we could affect outcomes. And one of the things that we uh as a as a perinatal community, as a maternity community began to understand was um that the this disease was very complicated and that it wasn't gonna be Something that could easily be treated and cured it wasn 't something that was going to be if we give this medication, then none of the problems, none of the the consequences, whether they were medical uh, social um, mental health, were going to go away. It was going to be something that was going to really need to be uh, viewed from a life course, from from a, a place where, um, you know, we had to take into consideration both what happened before we encountered this mother, during the time we encountered the mother in pregnancy, and then afterwards. And really, that was going to continue way beyond uh, the time that the woman was pregnant. I
1: wanna dwell for just a minute on those interventions though, if we could, because you've, you've got a lot to overcome there to get them to the point where they're comfortable talking about this, admitting to it, and becoming part of the program. And your interventions there are, you're getting uh, referred mothers, expectant mothers that are on MAT, you're getting them from drug courts, you're getting them from homeless shelters, from ERs, from prisons. So you've got a lot of different sources of referral. How do you overcome those, those concerns of prosecution, criminal prosecution, and, and just those barriers that you have to get people into the program, these expectant moms?
2: Well, um, you know, um, often pregnancy is a window of opportunity for a mother who has a chronic disease. Um, She often is very motivated during uh, the pregnancy to seek optimal treatment for her chronic disease. And so we, uh, in the maternity, in the obstetric community, in the um, maternal care community uh, during healthcare, we, we recognize that and have models built for other diseases that we can Apply to this disease, um, like for instance, some a mother who suffers from diabetes. Um, we can apply very similar processes and systems to help that mother. Um, unfortunately, as you mentioned, because this disease is criminalized, there are additional uh, barriers that these women have to overcome to be able to get into a successful medical treatment for this condition. Um, And the other component of this disease, uh, which sometimes affects other chronic diseases, is the the mental health consequences of this disease, the the trauma uh, that often uh, accompanies um, the journey that this woman is on uh, that began way before she thought about having a child, um, and continues into, you know, her adult life when she is in active disease, not in treatment, and um, so that is an additional level that we have to figure out, and it's really been a, a big component of both the neonatal project and the moms project is really how do we, as a healthcare team, partner with our uh, collaborators in behavioral health and mental health, medication-assisted treatment, how do we collaborate with them to help to create a safe uh, and healing environment for these moms to journey on in their, you know, to reach their goals. And that's one of the things that we as a collaborative really recognize is that there are almost always a, a, a common goal that these women have, which is they want to be good parents. And they know that their disease is causing them not to be able to be a good parent. So they seek treatment towards sobriety so that they can then be successful at their ultimate goal, which is really to be a parent, to be not just a parent, but a really good parent, a parent that is going to help their child to grow and not suffer from this disease.
1: And a key part of your program that you've developed that really kind of, it sounds like makes this work, is designation of a care coordinator who acts as their advocate in the system. Describe that a little bit, if you could, doctor.
2: So we have 29 teams in our collaborative. They're maternity teams. um, And we have about five mentor sites, which are sites that have been doing this work, often maternal fetal medicine uh, specialist-led teams. Um, And what we have recognized is that because of all the consequences of this disease, all the components that accompany these women in their disease, we we need we need more than just the healthcare provider to get the outcomes that we're seeking. Um, and so we need somebody who, and often it's more than one person, who can help to bridge to to basically, I like the term accompany the woman in her you know, process to become healthy and sober and to overcome the all the barriers and speed bumps that are in her road as she journeys towards having a healthy pregnancy, a healthy delivery, and a healthy newborn, and then being a parent. Um and so these care coordinators that may be a social worker, it may be a nurse man case manager <coughs> Help to navigate the complex system that is, you know, maternity care in the United States today, um, helping them to get connected if they're not connected to treatment for their substance use disorder, whether that's behavioral health, medication assisted treatment, mental health care, all of those things are components that our care coordinators. Uh, Work with our moms to help them to get connected.
1: One thing, in addition to that, that you're doing above and beyond the health and the issues of dealing with their life and overcoming hurdles is getting them involved in vocational training and different opportunities that way. Speak to that, if you could, Doctor.
2: Sure. So, um, most all of our pregnant moms who are in our collaborative, um, rely on public assistance, um, during their pregnancy to help them with, you know, many aspects of, you know, being healthy, moving towards health. Uh, and one of them is, uh, their connection to, um, Medicaid, uh, who is, is really one of the key collaborative partners that we have had all along this journey, uh, in working with moms is the Ohio Medicaid office. Um, and most of our moms, uh, rely on, on Medicaid as their insurance to cover the medical components. And most recently. Uh, the behavioral health components, the mental health components of their um, of their goals, of their striving towards recovery. What it has allowed us to do is to reach so many more of the moms and um, basically provide them with a resource that is absolutely essential for them to navigate uh, recovery. Uh, and that is having that health insurance coverage so that they can access care. Um, and that is almost universally available to our moms during pregnancy and for their newborns. Um, but one of the, the key components of expanding, uh, access to Medicaid is really the expectation, uh, from the government, that these women will get employed, will move towards that part of their recovery where they can work um, and and be able to hopefully not rely on Medicaid uh, as they reach deeper and deeper into their recovery.
1: So the Moms Plus program began in 2017, was it?
2: Uh, Yes, I believe so.
1: 2017. Okay. So do you have some stats to share with us, doctor, in terms of how many moms have been through the program and some uh, preliminary? I know that this is an ongoing program and you don't have the final uh, completed stats yet, but do you have some preliminary statistics in terms of the efficacy of this program?
2: That is such a good question. And um, in terms of the moms project, um, I can tell you that last year we... um, in the in the programs, uh, the 29 programs, we enrolled uh, nearly a thousand moms. Um, we don't think that's a full number.
1: One of the programs spawned by the Ohio Perinatal Quality Collaborative was Project Hope at Cincinnati Children's Hospital, where Dr. Marcotte is the medical director. He shares the results of the program for the first three years.
2: I can share. The program that I'm the medical director for called the HOPE program. I have uh, three years of data uh, for our program. In the 2016 to 2018, uh, we saw about 1500 pregnant women um, during those three years. And of those 1500 women, we uh, helped to to, to Uh, them through their birth in about 544 cases. And uh, of those 544 cases in which we helped with the birth, 90% of the women were sober and engaged in medication treatment at the time of delivery. 96% of them had received prenatal care. Uh, We did have um, 65% of them were able to Uh, parent their children at newborn discharge without any Child Protective Service involvement. Um, 23% of those babies did have the diagnosis of neonatal abstinence syndrome and required treatment. Those are some, you know, basic statistics uh, that speak to the work that we're doing uh, in Cincinnati with the HOPE program. But, you know, one of the goals that we have in our program is to increase the percentage of women who, when we have a first contact with them, we help them to stay in treatment. And um, so we look at the evidence that's out there to try to figure out what are the, the components that are most critical to help someone to reach their goal, you know, of sobriety. And uh, we know that medication-assisted treatment has a big role in that, and that's why we do make sure that all of the women that we work with have that available to them.
1: Well, Doctor, I want to thank you for joining us today and thank you for the work that you do.
2: Uh, Well, thank you so much for allowing me to share a little bit of a window into the partnership that we're trying to create with women who suffer from substance use disorders.
1: We've been joined today by Dr. Michael Marcotte and Jennifer Terry, both from the Ohio Perinatal Quality Collaborative. They introduced us to their Moms Plus program, a new initiative to reduce the effects of neonatal abstinence syndrome by engaging mothers early on in pregnancy with comprehensive support programs. And it's making a difference in the opioid epidemic here in Ohio and throughout our country. My name is Greg McNeil. I'm the founder of Cover 2 Resources. Thank you for listening to the Cover 2 PPT podcast, that's people, places, and things making a difference in the opioid epidemic.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Cover 2 Resources podcast. This episode is a production of Cover 2 Resources and is made possible by listeners like you.